This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. A dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And on a Monday, huh? Monday, brand new week, pregnant with possibilities. This might be the week you get your big promotion. Go. Might be the week they hand you a cardboard box and march you to your car. Yeah, some days I wish for that. You don't know. Right? But today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Big dumb politics and big dumb media. Awesome. If the NFL was as bad as politics and media, I wouldn't have watched it. I didn't I see mean, any if you had, like, Drew Brees regularly throwing the ball backward and into the stands, you had Tom <laughs> Brady just had no idea what his goal was. Why are we here? I wouldn't watch the NFL. I saw multiple hours of discussion of politics and not one second of the NFL. So what does that say about me and my lifestyle? Probably, I don't want to hang out with you. Probably not, <laughs> a, probably not a good thing. It's not the sort of thing you lay on your deathbed and think, ah, it was a good idea. On the other hand... <laughs> You're not going to lay on your deathbed and remember some playoff game from 27 years ago either. No. Presuming, you know, God willing, we make it that far. I was excited to read about the results, though. So Tom Brady is 13th AFC Championship, is that right? Eight in a row. That's incredible. That you can't know. No, that's that wrong. It's not possible. That the entire league is set up to prevent that. Right. That's greatness, folks. Why don't we study Tom Brady? handsome devil and his beautiful wife. But uh, how does he prepare? What does he do? How is he so successful? And are we willing to make those same sacrifices? No. Me neither. Have you ever looked at his diet? Yes. Yeah. I'm not Forget gonna, it. I'm not going to do that. I just had leftover biscuits and gravy in the office. So, <laughs> no. In a word, no. I tried that coconut water stuff. It tasted like a wrung out sweat sock. <laughs> Yum. Uh, let's kick off the show by introducing everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, who presses buttons, he flips toggles, he pulls levers to run everything. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. Uh, we all have that food that we love, but it just doesn't love us back. And this morning I'm dealing... Uh-oh. You know, it's just funny because you, as humans, we're so dumb. We say, we know this will hurt us if we eat it, but we do anyway. Well, is it yummy, the yes, food we're discussing? Yes, it's delicious. Well, there you go. It's delicious, but, you know. Yeah, this is so, Mr. Biscuits and Gravy weighing in. If food is <laughs> yummy, the fact that it's either going to make you feel bad or make you fat goes out the window. It's yummy. Yeah. Right? So stop there. Well, it's a it's a millions of years old instinct. I mean, you're fighting yeah, the very caveman in you, Michael. It's unrealistic. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Well, it's, it's, it's finally started to affect me. I think I, I the straw is breaking this camel's back. The government shutdown affecting me, part of the investor class. I, Positive Sean, with literal hundreds of dollars at work in the market as we speak. Well, not yet. Markets aren't open. Uh, the, the recent IPOs are being frozen because of the government shutdown. Really? Due to an arcane rule requiring recent listings to wait for regulatory approval before raising cash in a follow-up offering, IPOs are, are being stuck in limbo. Come oh, on, no. I need to make moves. You're Mr. IPO. Please. That is kind of interesting. So those could build up, and then when the, you know, depending on how long the shutdown lasts, and then you have a whole bunch of them hit at once, which would be something. I heard an interview with Newt Gingrich, who was uh, part of the former record-setting shutdown in the late 90s as Speaker of the House at the time. He said he thinks this goes into mid to late February at least. Which is yes. another month. Yeah, he said just nobody has any steam. There's no 
momentum. There's no muscle to uh, to bend the, the, the politics your way on either side. Although Lindsey Graham might have a pretty good idea which Marshall is going to have in his news, if you haven't heard that. There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, I'm feeling the burn a little bit this morning. You know, I launched my training regimen over the weekend. Goal to do nine push-ups in a row by May 9th. I thought it was ten push-ups in a row. No, no, no. Nine for nine. Nine push-ups in a row for made nine. Okay, it's got a it's got a hook to yeah. really bring in the audience. Yeah, exactly, you know, it'll look, good on, it'll look good on the shirts. Maybe a logo. It'll look some good stuff. on the shirt, yeah. right? You got the nine four nine. It sure. almost writes itself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, this after my last attempt to do ten in a row put me in the hospital two years ago. I'm going back at it. I'm already starting to train. Sunday I did ten baby push-ups. Then two solid regular manly push-ups. <laughs> wow! Yes, fantastic. You know? Yeah. That's that's pretty promising. And I got to tell you, I will admit, I'm feeling it. I mean, you know, yeah. I feel a little burned in the arms. There you go. I think you're so. ready for that American Ninja Warrior show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Man, my kids are obsessed with that. Oh, yeah. We really? had to go to the playground yesterday so they could do their, their training. You can get a little uh, seconds by watching The Rock's new show. What's that called? Oh, that's right. Titans. Yeah, some yeah. sort of just something Titan. Gigantic strongmen lifting stuff. Well, show. So that's, yeah. Yeah, well that's, that's the subtitle. That's different than the third one that my kids were watching ah. over the weekend from Australia. That's uh, even tougher than the American Ninja Warrior. It's funny how things catch on. Remember when American Idol came and then there was all these singing contests. Right. Well, now there's a whole bunch of weird obstacle course things. Right. There's, these are trouble times. <laughs> we can't have people just standing around singing at each other. With, we need toughness. With out-of-work gymnasts and high school wrestlers competing at the highest level. The Titan Games, hosted yes. by The Rock. Yeah. Yes. My kids love that. And all the kids at school, the boys particularly, are just really into on the jungle gym trying to train. And Excellent. <laughs> That's, That's better. There's worse things to be into. Well, sure. It's exercise. During the heyday of American Idol, guys were into uh, like wearing pink and singing pretty songs. How are we going to take on China with that, huh? Jumping in and out of holes, the monkey bars, climbing stuff. Absolutely. Uh, keeping your footing on slippery surfaces. These <laughs> are all critical warrior skills. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, January 14th, the year 2019. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin uh, the obstacle course of life precisely according to FCC rules and regulations. Here's the beginning of the show at Mark. I believe it's going to change the world more than anything in the history of mankind, more than electricity. Um, and what is he talking about? The new gum from Trident. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't believe that is uh, accurate. That's from last night's 60 Minutes, talking about artificial intelligence. He believes it'll change the world more than anything ever has, uh, which is horrifying. Even if it was good, it'd be horrifying, because it's going to be amazing change. For better or worse or both. I'm at that age in life where I don't want anything to change until I'm I'm gone. Right. No advances. But I have to learn. (laughs) (laughs) And And you're not far away from the age. The it doesn't matter anyway age. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, the Graham plan to end the shutdown. New York Times report the FBI investigated Trump working for the Russians and... Is that new- a story about Trump or the FBI? That's my story. Oh, what? And a newly discovered connection between belly fat and brain size. Coming up. <laughs> hmm. All right. How's mailbag look? Starting to regret the uh, biscuits and gravy. Uh, it's looking great. It includes one of my favorite turns of a phrase of the new year. Cool. I do love a good phrase. And we will talk more about that 60 Minutes episode last night about artificial intelligence will be a bigger deal than electricity. It's not that hard to imagine that that could be true. 
But yikes. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Do you know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg wears a t-shirt that says Devo when she works out in the gym? I uh, know now. Pumping the iron. Really? Oh, is RBG, have we heard? Well, everybody's still saying she's fine, although I contend people would say that even if she weren't, and it's probably a good idea. So Right, so it's meaningless. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you the most interesting thing I heard on that front hmm. coming up later. All right. Not so much her health, but the process. That would be involved if she uh, did need to step down, because everybody's a little worried about what that would look like coming out of the Kavanaugh thing. The process? There, there might be an answer for that. The president it, nominates somebody. To make it less right? ugly. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Mailbag. Yeah. You can get in touch with the Armstrong and Getty Show if you like. Email us. Here's the address. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, Jack and I, as we so often do, uh, did a, a, we're, we're helping with a charity event over the weekend. Concerns of police survivors supports the uh, the children, the widows, the, the uh, spouses, parents, siblings, co-workers of cops who are gunned down the line of duty. A number of folks saying thanks for doing that. You're very welcome. It's an important thing, and we're happy to do it. Uh, including uh, our favorite ER nurse, Elise, who is a law enforcement officer widow, which I had forgotten. Elise, forgive me for that, and our many correspondents through the years. Uh, Let's see. Ah, Ginny, with a couple of uh, things, including suggesting a couple of slogans for the new year. On top of the scene in 2019. That's pretty good. Is my favorite one. Actually, I actually like that one. uh, A couple of people have suggested that. It's a solid suggestion. Uh, But the real reason I grabbed her email was for what follows. Uh, I wish groups would stop celebrating themselves all the time. Every week, sometimes more, there's another group of horses showing their asses to the horses' asses showing their horses. <laughs> that is quite a description of a parade. For instance? Uh, why not spend all that money on a worthy cause? I don't know. I don't know. Does she mean she like just... the Golden Globes and that sort of stuff? Oh, or? yeah. Just as you're various up with whatever. Uh Another group of horses showing their asses to the horses' asses showing their horses. Mm. I get it. Let's see. Happy belated New Year, guys, writes Nick in San Jose, California. This weekend, Facebook notified me that a couple of my friends were celebrating birthdays, and I realized that opinions are really like birthdays. Don't worry, this one ends better than that other (laughs) saying. Uh, Opinions are really like birthdays. Everybody has one, and I only know of yours because of Facebook. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, greetings. Uh, is that, uh, I'm not on the Facebook, but so is it <laughs> nice to have everybody saying happy birthday because Facebook reminded them it was your birthday and they feel obligated to do it? Or would it be better? Or was it better in the old days when only people really knew you well enough to know your birthday? I would suggest that that in. is a metaphor for social media itself, uh, that instead of a sincere wish from somebody who remembered it or marked it down or whatever, you get a kind of, sort of, sincere wish from a bunch of people who had it pop up on their phone. Just like a Facebook friend is not nearly a friend. And 
contact with somebody online is not nearly like contact with somebody in person. It's just it's 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 emblematic. Jack is what it is. Mm. Uh, greetings, General Jijou. Uh That's from back uh, during my uh, walking days when I referred to myself as General Joe. Uh, my restaurant was Walk This Way. Right. It uh, closed quickly, very quickly. Uh, troubled that you guys have come to the defense of the racist weatherman. Oh, you remember that story? The fellow was sure. trying to quickly say Martin Luther King Jr. Day um, and, and said uh, something terrible, uh, but clearly accidentally. Uh, but Bad Tim uh, writes on from Phoenix, Arizona, What troubles me is not that you are defending an obvious accident, but that you are saying a local news weatherman should be employed at all. This job oh, should not exist in the modern world. No kidding. Talking about last <laughs> night's 60 Minutes and artificial intelligence, you know, eliminating jobs. How does meteorologist still exist? Well, meteorologist, I get. Well, TV or radio Local TV meteorologist? Yeah. Somebody's got to type into the computer that then I read. But, um... I'm not even sure that needs to happen. Maybe a computer just puts it out there. I I would suggest that it is at least 50%, and maybe as much as 75%, handsome fellows with square jaws and white teeth for the older ladies to admire, and or buxom young things pointing at the weather map for fellows who don't know where to find uh, that sort of thing online. Jeez, even my parents, who are the 80-year-old set, can get their weather from their, their iPad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, look what's on my phone. Yeah. Something that's better and more personalized than what any TV <gasps> weather person could possibly... I pressed a single button. <laughs> How did button. you do that? <laughs> are you a meteorologist? You're I'm right. A wizard. The, the, the story here is that there are still TV meteorologists. Right. Right, and if you've ever traveled uh, and stayed in hotels and flipped on the news in the hotels, you know the bigger city, the bigger breasts on the meteorologist girls or or weather girls, because some of them are not meteorologists. you got to have a degree to call yourself a meteorologist, I think. Right? No, don't watch. I'm a meteorologist. Well, <laughs> you'll be lucky if they uh, don't come for you. Let's see. Ah, guys, as you discuss artificial intelligence, uh, Patty reminds us, just wanted to let you know that in the world of dog breeding and other animal breeding, AI stands for artificial insemination. Thank you. Love the show. Well, thank you for that, Patty. Great. Thank you so much for taking a minute to remind us of that. I'd say probably 98% of the time when we mention AI, we're talking about artificial intelligence. Yeah, and in the future, everybody will be because it is going to take over the world. How about this, Patty? If we're talking about AI and it's the one you bring up, we'll make it absolutely clear <laughs> that we're talking about how to impregnate dogs. Yeah, so make your default artificial intelligence. <laughs> right, yeah. Go ahead and assume that. Here's a nice note from Kevin, who uh, is stationed in Japan. It does not mention uh, what branch of the service he's with. My uh, little brother was stationed in Japan for three years not terribly long ago. Um, he's uh, listening via the podcast, which is fine. Caught your segment on trash sorting. I thought you might find the Japanese system interesting. Here they have multiple categories in trash pickups, depending on your city and or prefecture. Where I live, we sort into cans and pet plastics, plastics, combustibles, all others. The combustibles are burnt to generate electricity, meaning even if you go 100% renewable in the U.S., there will be 120 million Japanese people burning trash. Just a little perspective, as Americans pat themselves on the back for banning straws. Thanks for keeping me in touch while overseas. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing, Kevin. Uh, I don't want straws up turtles' noses, but, uh, you know, I see his point. And finally, this from T in the foothills of California. 
Don't tell anyone my name. Just kidding. Uh, well, that's sad. We'd have to reset up the joke. Never mind. Hey, gents, just wondering why Justice Kavanaugh hasn't repealed Roe versus Wade yet. That's what we were told would happen. Is it this week? When's that happening? I guess the well-intentioned Democrats were just honestly mistaken. Ha! Huh. Yeah. Well, on that note, so I saw one senator, Chris Coons, yesterday talking about because Ruth Bader Ginsburg came up. And so apparently wise senators are behind the scenes looking at a better process than we went through with Kavanaugh, realizing that if Ruth Bader Ginsburg does have to step down, um, it could be just one of the you know political fights of all time in our nation's history since it would actually change the makeup of the Supreme Court. And the, they want to come up with a process where all the information has to get out early. So there's no way anybody on any side is dropping bombs right there at the hearing. Right, the Perry yeah. Mason moment. The yeah. Surprise witness. Yeah, and, and that <laughs> just seems like a good idea. Yes, it does. Let's try to make come up with a more grown-up, slowed-down, we-know-what-we're-talking-about system. And I wonder whether people will stick to that. I'll bet they can force that to happen. How? Are you going to jail somebody for busting out a new piece of information? Marshall's we'll got, see. We'll talk about it. Marshall's got his news coming up. Lindsey Graham's got an idea on the shutdown on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I just say I went through the Sunday talk shows, um, the parts of them that I watched yesterday. The majority of the media, and by, by majority I mean like 90%, is so incredibly anti-Trump. I mean, it's, there's just no effort whatsoever to look at these stories in a, well, this could be true also, or maybe this way of, of going about journalism. Just no effort whatsoever. Well, they'd be the only person in their newsroom to do that. If uh, the rest of the cattle are stampeding, it's difficult to stand your ground. I suppose you'd lose your job. That's possible, too. Wait a second. Did he just say Trump might not be guilty of something? Get him out of here. Right. It's incredible. At the very least, you'd be ostracized. You'd lose your friends and associates, not be invited to those groovy, swinging journalist parties on the weekend. I was watching the roundtable discussions among some of the top journalists in America, and almost everything that came out of their mouths, I could have stopped the TV and said... Yeah, but the way you phrased it, how about this? I mean, every every aspect of everything they said right. was either shaded or maybe true or just completely a lie. Right. Which is interesting. All right, let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, no votes scheduled in Congress today aimed at ending the longest government shutdown in U.S. history now into day 24. Meanwhile, President Trump not ruling out declaring a national emergency to fund the border wall, but Senator Lindsey Graham. One of the president's most vocal allies in the Senate is now urging him to reopen the government for a short period of time before taking any drastic measures. Telling Fox News, Before he pulls the plug on the legislative option, and I think we're almost there, I would urge him to open up the government for a short period of time, like three weeks, before he pulls the plug, see if we can get a deal. If we can at the end of three weeks, all bets are off. See if he can do it by himself through the emergency powers. That's my recommendation. But I think the legislative path is just about shut off. I'm not sure I understand what reopening the government for three weeks would do. Because that's what the Democrats say is why they're not negotiating. Open the government and yeah. we'll negotiate. Right. We yeah. won't be bullied, right. is what they're Take, trying to takes say. Takes the pressure off. Everybody can cool down. 
I don't believe it, but okay, now I get it. Well, it would it would out one side or the other mm-hmm. for not definitely not wanting to come to a, 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 a resolvement, I suppose. Right. And it would get those people their paychecks, which would be uh, helpful. Yeah. Now, I, I saw a, a study over the weekend. Now, I'm sure they went out of their way to find the study that had the highest number, but it said 80% of people in America live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And so that would include a lot of the... Uh, 900,000 that are without paychecks in the federal government. And if you're paycheck to paycheck, you miss a paycheck, it's a big deal. Sure it is, yeah. I have a great deal of sympathy for those folks because they're caught up in something not of their own creation. Although you can make the argument indirectly that uh, the unions are virtually all Democrat and and they vote a certain way over and over again. And so we've got a gigantic, bloated government that we can't possibly pay for. On the other hand, I heard this gal from, uh, I think it was Silver Spring, Maryland. On the uh, on the NPR this morning, which gets my tax money for some reason, uh, and she said, "You know, in the midst of all this, uh, she was talking about uh, her and her man. I think we're wondering if we ought to go to private sector because you never hear about private sector companies all of a sudden saying, no, you can't work or you're, you don't have a job.' You're kidding. I, my my, I, I had to drive. I had to pull kidding. over to the side of the road and gasp for breath." You're kidding. As a government worker, you drive to work every day knowing it's almost impossible for you to lose your job. Let me give you a hint if you've never been in the private sector. You drive to work every single day wondering if today's the day you yeah. lose your job. Right. Because one day you will be right. And or maybe, the guy or gal next to you loses their job and you got to start doing their job. And maybe for no reason whatsoever. Right. Exactly. Have you ever heard of a layoff, my dear? That's the term we use in the private sector for a temporary you can't come and work situation have you heard the term downsizing that's when you can't come to work no more or if it you're was a astounding lack of uh, awareness or if you're a sears or something you just go out of business unfortunately right. the department of interior even if it's not doing anything never goes out of business in fact all it does is grow The president downplaying a New York Times report that claims the FBI opened up an investigation into him after he fired former FBI director James Comey. During a Fox interview with uh, Janine Pirro, she asked Trump directly. You now or have you ever worked for Russia, Mr. President? I think it's the most insulting thing I've ever been asked. I think it's the most insulting article I've ever had written. Uh, And if you read the article, you'd see that they found absolutely nothing. Now, on ABC over the weekend, political journalist Jonathan Carl weighed in on this latest report. What I am getting is that this is all building up to the Mueller report and raising expectations of a bombshell report. And there have been expectations that have been building, of course, for over a year on this. But people who are closest uh, to, to what Mueller has been doing, who have interacted with the special counsel, caution me that this report is almost certain to be anticlimactic. That if you look at what the FBI was investigating in that New York Times report, look at what they were investigating, Mueller did not go anywhere with that investigation. So I thought that was well. An, there's that. I thought there was an interesting ending to that on Sunday after. So this was considered by many a bombshell report by the sort of people who say that sort of thing. That was devastating to Trump. I think it was devastating to the FBI. Chris Christie on one of the talk shows yesterday said Trump shouldn't have been tacking the New York Times. He should be playing up this story and saying, "Look at this story. The FBI is so out of control." 
They, they, because, and because they were so anti-me, they launched an investigation with no evidence whatsoever that the Mueller stopped because he didn't find anything. Right. You have a rogue FBI. And then the proof of that, the fact that it's still a rogue FBI, is that somebody from the FBI leaked that story to the New yeah. York Times. Yeah. Right. That there used to be an investigation against the current president. There is no reason. That somebody in the FBI should be putting that out to the New York Times. Couple, Absolutely none. Couple of quick points. Number one, Jonathan Carl said anticlimactic. That means against the weather. He means anticlimactic. Number two, no climax. No, exactly, which is terribly unsatisfying. Number two, I've never had it happen because I'm a real man. Number two, <laughs> number two. When I opened the show, our honorary general manager was big, dumb media and big, dumb politics. That's the story I was talking about. It's as if, and I watched a lot of football this weekend, as I mentioned, it's as if at every point in the game, the play-by-play guy and the color commentator and the sideline reporter gal guy or whatever is saying, oh, the Eagles completing three passes in a row. I think the Eagles are going to win. The Eagles are totally going to win this game. I like the Eagles in this game. They don't do that because they understand, all right, this is a long process. of This happens and that happens, and some of it's misleading, and some of it goes backward eventually. But the constant hinting at what the outcome is going to be is just dumb, and you get that in political reporting all the time. Um, and, and my final point, it was Jonathan really Carl, it's a blockbuster. He's got it's sources. Very important I get to the final point. Which is, well, keep talking, Marshall, and maybe it'll pop back into my head. I knew three points was too many to hold into my head. <laughs> He's always been one of my favorite reporters, Jonathan Carl, because oh, yeah. I really feel like he calls him as he sees him. He, right. he is a straight shooter. Um, but he said his sources say, don't expect any bombshells out of this. Oh, I got it. The third thing. Yeah. And I heard so many news talking heads hit this over the weekend in discussing the story. Among the compelling and damning pieces of evidence they cited that Donald J. is indeed in the employ of uh, Vlad Putin was that, and you remember when he uh, ordered the Russians or requested that the Russians hack into Hillary Clinton's emails. That And uh, Sean, I apologize, I should have asked you to get that tape. That was so clearly a joke. The whole controversy was that Hillary and her lawyers had del- de- deleted 30,000 emails. It was a hot hot controversy then the news breaks that the russians are hacking into emails so donald j on the stump says hey maybe we can get the russians to find those missing hillary emails that was a funny joke that was not some sort of triple secret coded dr evil moment where donald j trump was ordering when he directed the russians oh please stop it and why did he put his pinky to his mouth when he said it (laughs) And any so-called journalist who uses that as one of their pillars of guilt needs to quit wasting my time. It was a joke. Boy, that's a great band name, Pillars of Guilt. Wow. That's good. Shows are really, every single tune is a minor key. It's really down. You walk out crying. Right. You walk out questioning why you're alive. You walk out thinking you got to call your mother. It's one of the pillars, pillars of, of guilt. guilt. Well, I should call. She cares about me. All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm strong at Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Yeah, we got to talk more about that later. The big bombshell New York Times story that I think is more about the FBI than Trump. Um, that's a good one. And uh, artificial intelligence is going to render everything you've ever known about the world useless anyway, according mm. to 60 Minutes last night. So. Well, sucks the fun out of this. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll go through the exercise. Oh, and we'll break down the X's and O's of that final uh, drop by the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll break down that play. Huh? We got a chalkboard. <laughs> All right. No? We won't? Oh, we don't do that. He went through his hands. What are you going to say? Loser.
Wow. So what I'd done, if I was a quarterback, I'd have walked over to him and said, you're a loser. Wow. <laughs> Good. Good. That's healthy. Good teamwork. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Some ideas on how to end it, but most people feeling like it ain't going to end anytime soon, which I think is probably accurate. It's not enough heat on either side. Nobody feels the need. More on the fact that the FBI launched an investigation on an elected president as to whether or not they were a traitor, which is not something you should do just uh, willy-nilly. No. And that seems like the story to me, but uh, it's not to everyone. Am I the only guy in America who's just willing to let the Mueller report come out and see what's in there and then think, well, that's okay, that's that's bad, but not illegal. That's uh, Maybe that's illegal. Maybe that's not. I, I feel no need to prejudge the end. I don't know. Am I just more enlightened than most? Or uh-huh. I th- I'm fine with that as long as you don't have all these leaking stories leading oh. up to it that, that oh, have please. political consequences. Please. It's leaking like a sieve. Um, how are your New Year's resolutions doing? I've got one that's doing very well, one that is uh, on life support. Mm. The eating better is on life support. Oh. I'll tell you that. I'm, I'm, I'm practically back to pre-9-11 levels, oh, if, you, if you know what I mean. Wow. Pre-highest weight. Well, you have good days and bad days. Try to have more good days. I have mostly huh? bad days. All right. Um, but I'm doing that. very good on this. A New York Times article over the weekend uh, helping me refine my commitment to this. An article on why you should meditate every single day. It's the best way to keep the digital monsters at bay if you're having trouble with, uh, I think a lot of us are, your smartphone taking over your life to every time you get a text or your your inability to concentrate, focus on long, for long periods of time, all that sort of stuff that right. comes with having smartphones. Mm-hmm. I've meditated every day but one so far this year, and I actually feel like at this point, that life is starting to slow down a little bit. I start. I feel like I'm starting to get some benefits from it, which is very exciting. That's nice. I hope it's not just that. the tremendous amount of cough syrup I'm taking. That would make life slow down. <laughs> I mean, just tremendous amounts of cough syrup. Who am I to judge? Like, I walk around with a coffee mug with a lid on it, so people think I'm drinking coffee, but it's just cough syrup. <laughs> this is not factual, folks. <laughs> this is fake news. Fake news. Oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, Holly in Utah, uh, Laura, loyal listener, Holly in Utah, sent us a video that I haven't had a chance to watch much of yet, but it has to do with the fact that so many folks in Silicon Valley, the real tech giants, are not on social media, will not allow their children to use social media, and the very people who design, build, and and, and fill with apps are smartphones are the people most concerned about using them. I don't think that's a coincidence. Somebody walks out of a meatpacking plant and says, I'd never eat this stuff. That, that ought to get your attention. Well, a better example might be, um, certainly by the time of the 70s or whatever, your tobacco executives didn't smoke. Right. <laughs> I remember that being a big story. No, of course I don't smoke. Yeah. Sounds terrible. No way. No way. I'll kill you. Right. Uh, yeah, I need to watch out for that. This story, uh, I don't know how it's going to turn out. You might remember this uh, public school teacher in the 
New York area, I think. It doesn't matter where. She did a lesson about slavery in her class. Oh, I remember this story, yeah. And she had some kids, and some of them were black kids, um, uh, portraying slaves in the class. She's now suing the school district for $1 billion because she got fired for that. That's aggressive. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what our lawyer is thinking or how that's going to turn out. Or you started at a billion and settled for 5000 I don't know. Or maybe you're (laughs) looking for publicity. Um, Yeah, which um, might not be a bad thing to get in this case. She says no students complained. And no parents complained. I believe that. But somehow the story got out, and then you know, other people complained on their behalf right. about how awful that was that you had black students pretending to be slaves. And she says she felt, and the students at the time felt like, it was a great lesson in, wow, you know, this is, this is some real reality here. That's terrific. What a beautiful example of people just desperate to be offended. Desperate to be angry for some reason in the modern world. And then a cowardly school board kowtowing to them. You know, one of the great uh, sayings I've, I've heard in the last 20, 25 years has been the following. <clears throat> Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Even if two kids and four parents had complained. Unless there was something particularly repugnant about the way the lesson was carried out, it was an effort to, to have the kids fully appreciate what it means to have no rights, to have no self-determination. The teacher trying to communicate the horrors of slavery, and was then fired at the uh, the uh, well, you know, at the the tip of the spear, the point of the gun of those who claim to be so enlightened. But what they're really looking for is not justice; it's to show how righteous they are. Look how righteous I am! I got that teacher fired. That's their only motivation, and it's sick. Yes, it is. Um, there have been so many tweets from the president that I can't not, I can no longer find the tweet I was looking for. Man, he tweets a lot. Uh, is that the one about uh, Elizabeth Warren drinking beer? No, that was pretty. That's a pretty good that, one. That was though. pretty funny. The one about Jeff Bozo. That's what I was going to go with. Okay. Yes, because that's pretty entertaining. Also, his his Elizabeth Warren that came out last <laughs> night. If if Elizabeth Warren often referred to me by Pocahontas as Pocahontas did this commercial from Bighorn or Wounded Knee instead of her kitchen. With her husband dressed in full Indian garb, it would have been a smash. Oh, boy. What? What? Wow. What? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Why does he feel the need to weigh in on that? But that was after the tweet from yesterday afternoon. So sorry to hear the news about Jeff Bozo being taken down by a competitor whose reporting, I understand, is far more accurate than the reporting in his lobbyist newspaper, the Amazon Washington Post. Hopefully the paper will soon be placed in better and more responsible hands. Uh, what's he referring to? Being taken down by a, a, another newspaper? Well, then, then he he's happy that the National Enquirer, who he's very friendly with, and it right. seems has done him some favors, yes. um, uh, released all those texts between Jeff Bozos, as he calls him, and his mistress. <laughs> oh, I get what he did with his name. <laughs> yeah, it's Bezos, yeah, Sean, yeah, but yeah. he called him Jeff Bozo. And he hates the Washington Post, which he has some decent reason to hate. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, fake news, fake news. Um, but yeah. I'm not sure that helped anything. I was troubled when the when the when the Bezos girlfriend texts first emerged. I'll bet it was the tenth story I was into before anybody felt the need to even to even explain how these texts came out, mm. which I found troubling because my first thought was, how do they have these? Right? How do they have the intimate texts between two lovers? 
Right. But everybody's so comfortable with all our private lives are just out there somehow. Right. Nobody, most news organizations didn't even feel the need to say how. how? And if it's lurid and fun, who cares? Or, or it's just, it's just fine. That's just fine to live life that way where your most personal stuff gets out somehow. The how doesn't really matter. It's just mm. the way the world is now. I find that very troubling that so, everybody's that comfortable with it. How did it come out? She told one of her best friends and showed the text to her. Then one of her best friends turns out is a scumbag and knew there'd be a lot of money in it if she sold those to the National Enquirer and did. Wow. Boy, with friends like that. She do like screen captures on the text? She must, or something she like must that? have been screen capturing and saying, Well, look, Jeff just sent me this. This is how in love he is with me. Oh man. She, and she collected friends. them and sold them to the National Enquirer. That's pretty weak. Wow. That's wow. pretty weak. Wow. But the fact that most people didn't even wonder. It's just, it's just assumed yeah. that anything private can come out and should come out, right? Which is, I find very troubling, but doesn't seem to bother most people. Huh. These are odd times. Oh, they're going to get odder when artificial intelligence takes over. Okay, we'll talk about that among yeah. other things as the Armstrong and Getty Show continues, and it will continue at least most of this year, won't it? Ah. Uh... I don't know. Or inevitably fire. Yeah, I hate to assume anything. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Did you have any money on any of the games yesterday? Me personally? I'm not a betting man. Oh, not anymore. That's heavy wagering. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.